Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. My name's Gianna. And I'm Marie. And this is Serial from the Box, a podcast about feeling yourself, doing your things, eating your food, and living your best life, especially in your 20s. Amazing. That's the best intro yet, G. You really Thank did you. Go. You know what? I think <laughs> about it. I think about it sometimes. Amazing. Uh, well, let's do our normal weekly catch up. How was your Halloween? Uh, and all Halloween. things spooky related. Uh, my home was fine. I like so my friend Tyler lives like upstate, so we went to visit him for the first time, and it was oh, really awesome. cold. Um, and we like <laughs> decorated a pumpkin. I like I went with Noam, and like we saw also like our other friends there, and it was fun. But then I just like was cold, so I was like, "Can we go home?" That's very bad. <laughs> I don't blame you. But yeah, and it's just been like so like disgusting outside every single day that it's like I feel like I need um like vitamin D injected into my bloodstream. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just um, like dying a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's valid with winter time quickly yeah. approaching. Um, but luckily, vitamin D vitamins are are available yeah you could definitely Um, do that if you need to i don't know i don't know i feel like i also like i've been like having trouble just keeping like a consistent like uh feeding schedule to myself just Mm because i'm like running around all the time and like when the weather is like really bad i feel like really shitty so then i don't like feel Mm. like making anything so i just yeah yeah yeah. struggling with that this week Mm -hmm. um but you know I think I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get I get what you mean. It's, like, kind of like a cycle thing. Like, you have... It sounds like you have, like, a lot of things piling yep, up I'm on top fine. of each other. <laughs> it's fine. I'm eating spaghetti now for everyone who's listening. Um, Brilliant. So Listen doing, to those. I'm doing everything. Wait. <laughs> that was a spaghetti sound. <laughs> chomping sounds for your viewing pleasure. Your ASMR. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, how was your week, Marie? <laughs> what you um, do? It was pretty good, normal stuff, but because of Halloween, mm-hmm. let's see, we did like a fun little bonfire um, at our friend's place. I'm jealous. Um, and the fire was very warm, so I was not good. cold, which is definitely good. Um, but I literally dressed in like a one of those like... Um, heat-inducing athletic tops to, like, make sure that it could stay Perfect. warm. Um, Perfect. Yeah, I'm jealous. And... I miss you guys. Oh yeah. I miss you, too. I really wish that we could do a bonfire. That's been the thing for sure. Yeah. Um, and then what else? Nothing, really. Went back to that donut shop that... <laughs> our friend and I have been obsessed with. Did you? So. Did you get? Did they have new flavors yet? Yeah. Do you want to hear what mm. I got? Uh huh. So I got a Cookie Monster one. It was blue, and then had cookies, like chocolate chip cookies and Oreos crushed Ooh. onto it, and then it had little eyes. So it's so cute. That's adorable. Um, and then the other one that I got was just like a powdered jelly, mm. which is like, I guess, pretty normal. But I thought it was quite delicious. So that sounds good. There's that. It's um when our friend Liana came up to New York, um we went to this place that had like bubble tea ice cream, and that's what Noam yep. got like a Cookie Monster ice cream. Delicious. It's, like the same. I feel like that's the way to go. Honestly, anything Oreos is the way to my heart. So. Yeah, I mean, I honestly I didn't like his as much as I liked mine. What'd you get? I got taro matcha swirl. That sounds um very bubble tea. It was so <laughs> I don't. I I'm not like a matcha person, honestly. I wish I liked either, things like that better. But I really but did like, like it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, yep. That's super fun. How exciting! Yeah, I keep realizing because like, obviously you had your birthday. My birthday's coming up, and so I'm. Liana's like, birthday told, is, to, like in two days, right? Yeah, it's on Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, so soon. Um, we're literally a week apart. It's so fun. Um, How romantic. But, 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> but I was like, parents, because uh, I live with my parents currently, um, I would like a cake for my birthday. Can I order one? And they're like, yeah, sure. And they were telling me there was like a place that sells um, vegan um, cakes in like Gaithersburg. And I was like, what are you talking about? There's really? no way. Uh, there's number one, there's a cinnamon roll place that has vegan cinnamon mm. rolls crazy did not know about that also for all viewers listening i am vegan so that's why this is important um and then there's a place that sells vegan cheesecakes like they sell normal what? cheesecakes with vegan ones too yes i am so excited so I think is on the up and up. apparently like where did all these vegan places uh come from i don't know I've also been, like, seeing a bunch of TikToks being like, here's a vegan restaurant in Baltimore. I was like, where were these when I was living in Baltimore? Like, <laughs> I didn't go to enough of these, so I'm sad I missed out. But, yeah, anyways, I'm looking forward to So, did you order that. your cake? No, not yet. I need to. Oh, okay. But I think that's what I'm going to do. Can you send me a picture of it so I can vicariously eat cake with you? Yes, of course. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so what are we talking about today? Okay, so today I wanted to talk about, I guess, anything that kind of follows, falls under this umbrella term of body dysmorphia, right? Mm-hmm. So right. that can include, like, a lot of things, right? So obviously we have body dysmorphic disorder, mm-hmm. which I'm going to go over in a second, and I really should have grabbed my, <laughs> my DSM yikes i'm a nerd um before recording this but whatever i'll get it in a second um so there's body dysmorphic disorder which is you know a diagnosable disorder that you can have in which you experience body dysmorphia and then also i feel like we can use body dysmorphia on a quite colloquial term especially Mm -hmm. when talking about really anyone that's been impacted by either like an eating disorder or been like entrenched in diet culture experiences some kind of um body dissatisfaction yeah um and then that that to me is more better defined as like some kind of distortion that you have about your perceived appearance and like the associated body dysfunction that you have with it so let me i'm gonna real quick grab my dsm so that i can read kind of the official definition for body dysmorphic disorder um, just so everyone's clear on what I mean when I say that okay I found it so the first like criterion for body dysmorphic disorder which is generally just what this disorder is defined as is a preoccupation with one or more perceived deficits or flaws in physical appearance that are not observable or appear slight to others Um, So the reason that I kind of bring this up is because I think, especially for people that, um, you know, struggle with body image in relation to eating disorders and stuff like that, um, we can kind of think about body dysmorphia as only being like related to weight or like body shape or something like that. Right, right. But body dysmorphic disorders often, or for a lot of people... Is not necessarily associated with that, but related to like your facial features, so really? like your nose, your chin, things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I would have never guessed. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of like sim- similarities and overlap. Mm-hmm. And like another thing that I'll read from the criteria just to like kind of further um, distinguish kind of like a body body in quotes body dysmorphic disorder from the quote-unquote body dysmorphia or distortions that you can experience as someone with an eating disorder. Oh, it's like a distinguished difference in the book? Yeah, so there's a criterion that says the appearance preoccupation is not better explained by concerns with body fat or weight in an individual whose symptoms meet diagnostic criteria for an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. So my understanding is that they tend to not be dually diagnosed. However, I'd like to reiterate that I am not a licensed professional by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just from my understanding of what I've learned in classes. And so the reason that I specify this is to not discredit anyone's experiences that they have, because that's what I'm going to be 
what we're going to be talking about this whole episode. Um, but I do want to, you know, kind of reiterate for anyone that might be experiencing body dysmorphic disorder in areas that are unrelated to their body shape or their body weight and things like that, that that's also a valid experience. And I think some of the ways that we might discuss about how to cope with those things, um, like it could address both the body dysmorphic disorder that happens outside of your weight perception and things Mm -hmm. like that, um, as well as the distorted perceptions that we might have about our body image. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, as people that kind of are on the up and up, recovering Mm -hmm. from, you know, disordered eating and things like that. Oh, and also the (laughs) DSM so nicely lays out Oh, one um, But another, like, interesting thing that the DSM has is it specifically lays out, like, muscle dysmorphia as another, like, yeah, as, an, as another um, way that it can manifest. Like, I was reading something before we um, started recording today that um, the prevalence rates of body, body dysmorphic disorder um, is quite similar, actually, between women and men. So it's not definitely just like a women's issue, much like how eating disorders is not just a woman's issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anyways, that's super interesting to me as someone who is interested in psychology and is getting an MSW. But um, so yeah, that's just like a preface to what we're going to be talking about this episode. Um, and... Like I said earlier, I know at least, like, in my experience, I don't know if this is in your experience as well, Gianna, but um, I think in the process of having an eating disorder, I think it's quite common um, and, you know, very valid to kind of have a distorted um, perception of what your body looks like. Yeah. Um, And usually in that case, too, you know, fixate on, you know, the flaws that you might have um, and perceive them to be, you know, maybe bigger than they actually are, things like that. Usually, like, you know, with um, the idea of weight um, being kind of the the concern. Yeah, I feel like for me, especially because um, in, in like, dance and stuff, everyone is in a... I don't want to say everyone. The majority of people are in such small bodies mm-hmm. that I perceived my body to be like way different than it is. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, wow, I'm like, so, like ah, my body is so big, whatever. And then when I'm like, now that I'm not surrounded by such small people I'm like no my body's actually pretty average I'm like a pretty normal sized person Mm -hmm. uh thank you for that and like sometimes I like don't recognize myself when I see myself Mm -hmm. yeah which is weird in what way I know what you mean but I'm wondering if you could explain that more like I don't recognize my body I was like connected to my body (laughs) I don't know how to say it Sometimes I'm, like, like, I have to, like, I don't want to do, like, call it, like, body checking, but I have to be, like, like, is this, uh, is this attached to me? Oh, so, like, okay, so maybe not body checking, but just grounding yourself. Yeah, being, like, In your body to be, like, yes, this is my reality. This is what I look like. Mm -hmm. I feel like this. Mm -hmm. This feels like this. This muscle feels like that. My boob feels like squish. It's fine. Like this is what <laughs> this is what's happening. Boob squish, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, honestly, I think that's like a good jumping off point because I wrote down some tips that I could come up with mm-hmm. with kind of how to deal with like a distorted perception of your body, and then as a result, some like body dissatisfaction. And I think mm-hmm. you brought up kind of two things, like the first being comparisons, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like that really impacts how we view our bodies. 
um, and can really kind of distort at least our self-perception just mm-hmm. overall when you're constantly comparing yourself to um, other people or using like comparisons as a way to kind of either um, conceptualize your own body uh, or your like self-worth or something like that. So I wrote down some tips for how to reduce comparisons. Um, and they're also quite similar to like reducing body checking behaviors. Like my tips are quite similar to each other for both nice. of those. And I think like the body checking behaviors too is like an important part because often sure. like when we do like perceive deficits in our in our body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or we want to... I guess, I don't know, like, I feel like I would describe body checking as, like, compulsively needing to, like, reassure yourself mm-hmm. of not your existence. That sounds really deep. But just, like, where, where your body is at, you know? Yeah. And I think when you're at, in, like, a very, um, uh, like, I guess body-focused mindset, mm-hmm. you know, because of the eating disorder and stuff like that, you can have, like, a lot of uncertainty of, like, oh, I need to weigh myself in order to know exactly what my weight is and how that differed from yesterday or the week before month before whatever it is um or you know I need to check this part of my body to make sure it hasn't changed or to make sure it has changed whatever it might be I think it can really depend from individual to individual um but that kind of compulsive uh desire I think in a way results in a bit of either like self-soothing or it's there to kind of alleviate some kind of anxiety that you're having about yourself and feelings about yourself as like a person and things like that not just the body itself yeah for me definitely it's like something I still have to work on like it's Mm -hmm. just um acknowledging how my body feels without having to touch and Mm -hmm. confirm it being like okay this is how I feel and like just moving on yeah let's talk about that because I do know something about that so I don't have you ever well okay we're gonna learn today (laughs) (laughs) this is why we're a good pair um have you ever heard of a body scan no okay so is that like an actual like a a machine no it's so it's a like grounding technique that you can do yourself as a way to get re-centered and reoriented in your body without having to, like you said, engage in any like body mm-hmm. checking behaviors to do that. So like what you can do is like, usually whenever you do any kind of grounding activity, it's good to either sit down or something like that, just to kind of keep yourself in like a stable position. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to, you can close your eyes, focus on your breath a bit, you know, take a breath in, Feel that going into your body. Hold it. And then breathe out through your mouth. Jenna's doing it now while we speak. (laughs) And then go ahead. Take another breath in through your nose. Feel it go into your nose. Travel into your lungs and expand either your chest or your belly. And hold it. And then when you're ready, you can release it out through your mouth, feeling it travel upwards and out so keeping your eyes closed if you want you can go ahead and start with your toes and you can wiggle them if you want but just notice any sensations that you have there and then you can move up to your heels if your feet are on the floor notice how your feet feel on the floor or notice anything going on inside your body as you travel up to your calves and notice if there's any tension there or any other feelings coming up and you can go up to your knees then up to your thighs
and then traveling up still you can feel your butt against the chair I can't do this I'm gonna fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> well but it was cool it was cool but if I'm you keep sleeping. going up you can kind of go asleep. that's totally okay I know you've had a long day <laughs> But if you keep kind of going up, and I'm sure you could find like a guided one of this on YouTube or Marie, something like that. you should record one. You have such no. a soothing voice. <laughs> that was so soothing to me personally. I'm glad you enjoyed. But yeah, basically you just kind of keep going up body part to body part. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of um, get grounded in any kind of sensations. Really anything that comes up. So it could be tension. It could feel light maybe you notice that if you you know travel up to your stomach that you're full or not maybe you notice that your um, shoulders are tensed or hun- tensed or hunched um, or that there's I don't yeah, know a tingling definitely. sensation I was like my left calf like yeah. Achilles is like really tight and then yeah. also I have like pasta inside of me yummy yummy and then my bra is tight also on my yeah. shoulders like my I think sometimes that I would recommend if you are doing this yourself I know when I've had to do similar things I notice if the position I'm in is uncomfortable or if my t- uh, clothes feel uncomfortable against my body I think that can make it a bit difficult mm-hmm. to stay in tune with like the internal sensations because I'm just only focused on like how clothes are fitting me and if they're tight or not tight or whatever mm-hmm. um so I would recommend if anyone, you know, pulls up a a body scan recording on YouTube Just or something do it like that naked. as a way to Yeah. I mean put like a light sheet over top of you <laughs> for warmth and then just be like a free wheeling it around, you know. Yeah, whatever works for you. Uh, but that's one thing that you can definitely do to kind of ground yourself without necessarily having to That's a good one. Engage in any body checking behaviors but okay what other things do I have so let's go let's go back to the comparisons real quick right Mm -hmm. so I don't know gee if you have any ways that you've dealt with comparing yourself to other people just in like your general experience Mm -hmm. oh are you asking (laughs) yeah (laughs) is that a yes (laughs) um Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I have to, for me, I have to try to compare myself, um, not just on how I look, I can, I only allow myself to compare myself to others on my ability uh, Mm, to, mm -hmm. to, like, if I'm, like, doing stuff. Like, I try not to compare myself to other people and just on, in a general basis, like, that's something I really work on is, like, Mm -hmm. not comparing and, like, trying to be, like, you're great as yourself. But, like, in mm-hmm. dance, it's, like, been really hard for me to, like, separate the two because for such a long time they mm-hmm. did feel really entwined. So now I only mm-hmm. allow myself to judge other people and judge, like, compare myself to them based on if they're more talented than me or not. Mm-hmm. That still sounds kind of taxing, though. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, I want to be better than them. So it's, like, it's to push mm-hmm. me to be better. Yeah. There's, like, that saying that's, like, only compare you to your past yous or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but, like, and my personally, past yous didn't get a job and my current me didn't get a job either, so. Yeah, not saying to do that. I was bringing it up because I feel like that's never been a helpful <laughs> idea for me. <laughs> like, I I don't know. Like maybe There's something that like, doesn't sit right with me about that, but. If you're working on your patchwork needle point whatever then yeah you can be like wow I'm so much better than I was yesterday but like if you're trying Mm -hmm. to do something for real like you have to like I don't know I feel like you have to kind of see what your competition is and like push yourself past them Mm. or at least to be on par with your competitors if you're doing something competitive but like in terms of body like you don't need to compare yourself to others unless yeah Unless you're in a hot dog eating contest, then you better be comparing how many hot dogs you're shoving hot down dogs. your throat. <laughs> uh, a unique situation that I don't think many of us will be in in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey Chestnut. <laughs> I don't even watch the hot dog eating competitions. Me but neither. we have a friend that's like just super know. obsessed. It's really funny. <laughs> Shout out, Nikki. I know you're watching. 
are listening. This isn't a YouTube video. <laughs> you have to listen to podcasts. Like and subscribe. Um, Click below. <laughs> um, but not to get super derailed in our conversations. But yeah, for sure. I definitely don't think that you should be um, comparing your body. And I know that's also something people struggle with, um, regardless of like you know some of the reasons why that may have been a problem for you specifically. Um, I guess but, like, what, what I would say is like what something that I've done actually has helped me out a lot is like mm-hmm. um, like developing my own fashion sense um, mm-hmm. so that I can like wear clothes that make me feel really cool and I don't have to be like, well, she looks better in that than me. Mm-hmm. And I can be like, well, I look good in my clothes and they're unique. Yeah. I definitely think anything that can like affirm yourself and affirm your identity and your being as a person mm-hmm. I think that always kind of helps uh, reduce comparisons because it, it does like it gives you a sense of like confidence you know what I yeah. mean and reassurance in yourself like you don't need to question yourself or feel less than in comparison mm-hmm. to other people um, but yeah so I guess kind of like the first little thing tip that I have if you're trying to work on reducing your comparisons to other people it could be in terms of body image specifically as we're, you know, talking about in today's episode, but it could be in general as well. I think the first thing is always just to notice those thoughts um, because if you aren't aware that they're happening or they happen so quickly, then how are you going to be able to kind of redirect them or prevent them? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think another good thing to kind of do is notice if there's any situations um that trigger you to or places that trigger you to kind of compare more so I'm sure for you that would be in like a ballet studio or whatever I was gonna say at my own parents home yeah mm -hmm. it could be at home it could be when you're around individuals that engage in diet talk more it could be um, if you're you know work setting causes that for whatever reason um, quit your job. But it could also... Just kidding. <laughs> quit your job. Uh, in this economy, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But it could be in a variety of places and it could kind of, um, you know, not necessarily be triggered by anything either. But if you do know the triggers, it's you can kind of develop a contingency plan or more mm-hmm. awareness that those thoughts might come up at those times. So how are you... You can develop a plan for, like, how you can... Um, either counteract them or try to avoid engaging in those um, thoughts. Um, So then overall, I think like the um, best way to kind of deal with them is not to be like, I'm never going to have comparison thoughts again. Great. I wish we could all do that. But more if they do come up, since they tend to come up so automatically Mm -hmm. to, um, really just be able to work on letting go of those thoughts and kind of halt them in their tracks um, and let them move on. So I think like a good way of doing it could be, you know, first validating the thought like, oh, hi, I recognize that I'm comparing myself to this person for X, Y, and Z reason. Cool. Glad you're here, thought. Um, but Thanks thought. Thanks for joining the party, bro, but you were not invited. You were not invited. Get the heck You're out. You're not serving any purpose. Kick them to, to the me curb, right bitch. Now. Yeah. If you want, really get creative. Go ahead and name your comparison thought voice, you know? Be like, hey, Brad. Hey, bitch ass pussy. I don't want... Get out of here. That's a mean name. <laughs> um, hey, Brad you know... is good too. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Brad's a, a lame. I don't know anyone named Brad. Oh, Brad Pitt. Besides him. (laughs) Um, Yeah, say, Brad Pitt, leave me alone. I don't want you here right now. Um, And then also, I mean, I think it's important, too, if you're trying to work on reducing your comparisons, is not to get caught in judging yourself if you do end up getting really hung up by a certain comparison. Yeah. Like, it's definitely just a process of working to reduce that. So there's you know, no right or wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are still struggling with it, that's okay. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, 
for having it be difficult because I'm pretty sure both of us here find it difficult. So it's very difficult. I make it sound easy, but it's not. But definitely something you should try, and it can improve. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that is reducing comparisons. Moving on to reducing body checking behaviors, because I, like I said earlier, I think it goes along with that really well. So other than maybe finding grounding techniques to um, ground yourself in your body. Wow, self-explanatory name. Um, I think, like I said again, being aware of your body checking behaviors. Very important. So knowing what behaviors you do um, or engage in. If that's weighing yourself, uh, Don't do it. looking in the mirror, don't um, do it. Just kidding. You can look if you want. Well, I mean, the mirror is another conversation for another day. I feel like everyone has a different relationship wanna, with how to You want to check your mascara. That. You want to make sure your pants are evenly cuffed. Check it out. <laughs> um, it's been a long week, folks. <laughs> a little tired? Just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. Um, head empty. I don't know what I was just saying. Anyways. Um, but yeah. So knowing what kind of body checking behaviors you're engaging in. When you're engaging in them. And where you're engaging in them. Very helpful to know. Because you can't change something if you don't know what it is. Um, yeah. Same thing with the identifying triggers thing. So... Um, you know, if there's something that prompts you to body check or if it's just a habitual thing, that's totally valid too. Um, it might just be something that's a part of your routine and you've kind of become accustomed to kind of every morning you wake up, you body check or every time you go to sleep, you body check, something like that can look different for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, but knowing those things, once again, important because then you can kind of deal with like, what area of attack do you want to go with? Um, so, you know, for instance, if you're just trying to change the behavior itself, you could always engage in a different activity. So like we said earlier with you, instead of having to physically check your body, you could do something like a body scan or a mm -hmm. different mindfulness or grounding technique instead of having to kind of do that in order to reorient yourself in your body. Mm -hmm. Or you could, um, if you know like a certain emotion triggers you to body check, you could try a distraction technique either to prevent you from body checking or from, um, you know, um, needing to use that behavior in order to deal with that emotion. So just mm -hmm. replacing it with a different uh, behavior is doing something that will just decrease that. So if it's like anxiety, um, distracting yourself with watching a TV show or reading a book or going for a walk, whatever it could be, going outside. Um, could all be like helpful things that you could do in order to kind of um, distract yourself from the intensity of that emotion. Um, and then also I think because like um, body checking behaviors can be so like compulsive and ritualistic in a way, I think like breaking the routine is also really important. Um, so anything that you can do to like switch up your routine wear mittens to bed you know <laughs> sorry. sorry no no i think that's like kind of not a bad idea though do that's you know like what when i mean you, when you bite your nails i used to bite my nails is and, that um, what it's for like it made me think of something or if but... you have poison ivy you can't or chicken pox you have to wear oh. them <laughs> or if you put like chili on your nails you can't bite them yeah not that I mean Don't wear depending on what it is, like <laughs> No, I think like you could. I think that's a very creative solution. I'm not definitely for like an adversive type of solution, like putting the chili pepper on nails to prevent nail biting. I don't think that It's called child abuse. Fully works. It's definitely not child abuse, but I'm sorry if you felt that way. Um but um, just like doing something creative to kind of throw you off to make you more aware that you might be engaging in that. If you, like, like, if you... If you look in the mirror, you could just like put your mirror in a different room. 
like yeah maybe move your mirror out of your room maybe cover your mirror maybe if let's say like you have a mirror in your bathroom and you don't look after you just like don't look do you know what i mean how simple like after you take a shit just don't look well i guess that's like my point like if you do something in a specific location at a certain time of day after doing a certain thing yeah like use a different toilet go to a different room um if i mean obviously things are different if you depending on what your behavior is but checking on mirror checking with mirrors or um even like if you're not in your home like checking uh in windows or something like Mm -hmm. that if you're walking around town or i don't know what do people do these days (laughs) i don't know (laughs) um taking selfies oh yeah pictures can definitely probably be stop taking pictures of of stuff of yourself Unless it feels good to you. We're making faces at each other. Um, I don't think... Stop sounds very difficult. That's what we're trying to give tools to reduce, Gianna. Not just say stop. resist, Resist the urge to take photos which you'll use to judge yourself. Doing what? How do you do that, Gianna? You could take pictures of other things like plants instead. Mm-hmm. You could um, put a little piece of tape on your selfie camera. You could. Also so the FBI so doesn't watch you. Terrifying. But yes. Um, I feel like, personally, like just being told, stop doing something doesn't help me stop doing it no so um yeah this is why i do attempt to provide this is why you're the social worker and i'm the (laughs) confused one well you have useful life experiences too so i do wanna i don't know because i feel like i'm not i haven't been successful yet but i'm working on it but that's why you try things. Yes. And I mean, if something doesn't work for you, you can always share in what way that hasn't worked or why you would like to. Yeah, I feel like something again. that has worked for me that could be controversial is wearing clothes that fit my body. Like That is actually not controversial at all. And it literally was on my list. Because <laughs> like, um, I always feel be- better and worse when I wear big baggy clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it really helps me feel less dysmorphic if, um, Mm -hmm. I wear clothes that actually fit me because then I'm like, okay, this is, uh, this is what you look like. Yeah. And I'm not, like, just, like, drowning in, in, like, a a double XL shirt, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not my size, and, like, I should wear clothes that are my size so that I can know what I look like and also, like... Mm -hmm not feel self-conscious of if other people are you know like it's not so edgy that people are going to be looking at me (laughs) yeah no I mean like I definitely put that down as something to consider because I think so like right we talked about body checking and trying to Mm -hmm. reduce body checking and mirror checking or what other behaviors you kind of do um in order to compensate that or like the comparison piece mm-hmm. but i think part of the issue or why it feels so bad to kind of have like a disorder distorted perception of your body is because that leads to you know like fear of of doing things that you should be able to do whether it's like you know um if you have <sighs> like a distorted perception of you of how you look and you feel you know like you look bigger than you actually are so you might compensate by wearing baggy clothes or you might not want to go out anywhere because you're embarrassed or you think you look disgusting whatever it could be you know what I mean and then it doesn't have to necessarily like I said earlier 
have to apply to your body weight um, or shape or anything like that. But even if it's like um, your nose as something that like you have dysmorphia about and you see it in a way that other people don't see it, whether it's too big, too small, too disproportioned, not symmetrical, whatever. um, I think it can really prevent people from living their life to the fullest. So one way to kind of take away that power that the body dysmorphia has over you is by challenging the fear that comes along with it and doing those things anyways that Mm -hmm. you're not doing um because of the self-consciousness I guess around that specific body part or your appearance in general yeah like Um, so something that's kind of funny to me is like so I've like always not always but like in the last couple years like I've been more attracted to like more of like a like a tomboy like a like a mm-hmm. more masculine like not like I wear like you know I don't wear men's clothing but like a more like almost androgynous kind of style and I always like felt like my body couldn't wear those clothes like I was mm. like not the right size for that and like I feel like now and like the, the part of my life where I've like become most accepting of my body I am wearing the clothes that I thought that I couldn't wear and I feel like the most confident in that way. That's actually kind of awesome. I feel, I mean, I know we've talked about that like before in length, just individually with each other. Cause mm-hmm. I think I, I tend to feel the same way too, that like my sense of style is one thing in my head, but then I'm like, no, I can't wear it cause I don't have the right body shape to wear yeah. those clothes. Like um, and I think that that's for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not anymore. Ate me. I'm not That's super funny. into it anymore. But like that was like for a while the the brand yeah. that I was like I can never wear J Crew because it's not for my body. But like it, it but you very well to. could be. Yeah, it's like, and I mean, yeah, I mean it's hard. Like one, either having to determine what your size is, especially if you've been in a changing body or uh, yeah. a body that has uh, been fluctuating. Mm-hmm. um in shape and size but then yeah I don't know also too I mean like sometimes it's, it's definitely just easier to like hide behind clothes and feel so um dissatisfied and negative about your appearance and like your self-worth as a result that just doing anything you can to not be seen yeah feels like the only thing that you can do but um you know, another thing that I was kind of reflecting upon while I was thinking about this is like, um, I think being, doing things, that's not how I want to say this. Um, I think that you kind of further can distort like your perception of yourself and your body if you, um, kind of don't get the opportunity to to just be with it mm-hmm. um I think I don't know who told me this once but I think someone was like uh if you're dissatisfied with your body or not confident in your body the one thing you should do is like strut around in your room naked or something like that which is like kind of a funny thing and like I remember when I heard that I was like absolutely not mm-hmm. but <laughs> it is kind of just interesting like have you done the, it yeah I've definitely done it once or twice not like all the time um but I think there's like something to be said about getting kind of acquainted with yourself and if you continue to um well I think it's valid for you know to to need to go through a period of time of either not looking at your reflection not taking pictures of yourself, um, being in comfortable baggy clothes because that's what makes you feel the most comfortable and less um, stressed mm-hmm. and anxious. That's totally valid and fine. But I also think that there's a time uh, f- to come out of that and, you know, challenge yourself by just existing in the body that you have in the clothes that fit it properly. Yeah. Um, or, you know, be with yourself naked, whatever it may be, um, as a way to just get a better acquainted with, like, this is who I am cool that's it no more than that you know it doesn't have to be so loaded with negative things it doesn't have to be super accepting or loving either just just neutral is totally okay um Mm -hmm. but 
also the idea of like if your weight isn't stable or hasn't been stable for whatever reason that can be like you know um if if you have to um gain weight for your recovery um or if your eating disorder causes you to gain weight lose weight or if you're you've, you're used to um yo-yoing or something like that in your body shape or size i think it can be really jarring like mentally um and hard to um come to terms with if you've only if you don't see a consistent image of yourself mm-hmm. so if you're weight always seems to be changing or you haven't been stable at your um, weight for a long period of time and I can't give like a definite answer of what that period of time should be but mm-hmm. I know like for me personally the earlier I was in um, like the recovery process like honestly from uh, you know when my eating disorder kicked in all the way up until you know I don't know maybe within the past like two years or something like that I would say like my image of my body was like pretty distorted um like I never felt like I had like an accurate perception of how I looked um and then keeping in mind that during that time my body has been in different ways because of my recovery process and so I think that lack of stability of where my weight was really threw off my ability to fully and accurately perceive where my body was at because it kind of always felt that either like one I was at my highest weight that I've ever been like that kind of sticks with you sometimes Mm -hmm. um or two like and this is a pretty common experience I'd say for people um in their eating disorders to not like really um fully conceptualize the um like being at a quote-unquote low weight or a weight that's been that's too low low for you if that's how your eating disorder played mm-hmm. out you know what I mean like not being able to um fully see. appreciate that yeah I mean like because there's like the classic image right I'm sure everyone's had to see it at some point even though it's quite triggering now that I think about it um is like the person who's very stereotypically has anorexia right because they're quite clearly malnourished looking in a mirror and then it's like the same girl but she's in a larger body mm-hmm. do you know what i'm talking about yes of course yeah i i feel like it's like the image that floated around in every health class since like sixth grade you know what i mean in the American and it's like girl's guide to your body book was it really probably i don't know that's kind of funny but yeah that's like the very stereotypical like look this person has anorexia because she thinks that she's bigger than she actually is and she's malnourished it's like that's not the case sir well definitely not um the case in terms that all people with anorexia look malnourished in the way that this person in this picture does yeah dude get it but, together but um i think it's pretty valid for most people that even when they are at their quote-unquote malnourished weight whatever weight that could be for you and your body Mm -hmm. no matter where you started um like that um even at that weight I think a lot of people have a hard time either uh or can have a hard time fully conceptualizing um that they aren't bigger than they think they are right or something like that um so I think the instability of weight loss weight gain whatever that may be through the process makes it more difficult to have a solid sense of self that's like true and accurate to Mm -hmm. your reflection or what other people see so I think that's like not really anything that you can do or change but it is like a time thing and the longer that you're sticking with recovery know that while body image is definitely the hardest thing to kind of change your approach and perception of it's definitely the like distorted perception um, and feelings that come along with that can definitely dissipate on their own just as a result of the recovery process I definitely believe that I do too yeah 
Um, Not every day, but mostly. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, (laughs) body image is going to be different day to day. It's going to fluctuate. It's going to be based off of, you know, what's going on in your life, the amount of stress you have, how you're feeling about yourself, your mood, your anxiety, whatever. Um, You got it, though. Yeah. It'll get better. Yeah. And I mean, when has eating disorder behaviors ever really solved that problem? (laughs) Funny joke, Marie. I am here to entertain, but also spit facts. That's my job. That's (laughs) my job. (laughs) But yeah, and then, I mean, kind of my last real tip, I guess, is just taking the time to kind of, like, consider, like, what is the meaning behind it? Um, Like, what meaning do you attach to these perceived flaws that you have? I mean, that's, like, a larger image of just body image work in general. Mm -hmm. But, like, why, why does how your image, your body image, um, say so much like why does that reflect so much about you and what does it reflect about you what are you worried that it reflects about you and that's when fuck diet culture comes in and you say the patriarchy has made us to believe these really bad things about ourselves um and what our you know that our body image dictates our worth if we're good enough whatever it may be attractive lovable you don't need it you don't need it you're good the way you are for sure as long as you're happy and healthy that's what matters yeah so that's our show baby baby you can follow us at cereal from the box send us a dm if your heart so desires We'd love to start a conversation with you. Um, Gianna posts really great content there, and we're trying to be um, more active and engaging. Yeah, interactive and engaging with the um, community. So yeah, we like are we. I feel like there's a lack of of this sort of content from people who are like not in their mid thirties. You know what I mean? Like, like we're Gen Z. That's kind of yeah. Be Gen Z with us. I'll try to find sure. more Gen Z memes, but they don't exist. So maybe I'll become a memer just for you. Yeah, I was about to say you got to create your own. It's be like pictures of me being like the day culture and like with like one leg like next to my face, like I'm showing Marie right now. Oh yeah, perfect. I think that captures the vibe entirely. <laughs> we need to get those slip skinny sunglasses. Yeah. That looks so <laughs> ugly and I was like, fuck that, dude. Anyways, yeah, follow us on Instagram, talk to us, send us an email if you have anything you really want to chat about. Um, you can follow me at Gianna Bartolini if you want like dance or um pumpkin related content. Uh so yeah, baby, take it away. Yep. Let us know what uh you thought of today's episode. The good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. We want to hear it so we can I mean, definitely improve for you. if you think for you. you're ugly, keep it to yourself, bitch. Okay. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye.